Y'all ready for the word? Feels like a long time since I've been standing up here. I was like, man, I was trying to study the other day and it was like, man, what is that scripture? <laughs> no. Okay, so, so we're starting a new series today and this series is very important. The series is very important. I really thought Joshua did a great job with the last series. <clears throat> I'm rooted in community. I thought he did a great job. Yep. Thank you. You're good. Uh, he wanted me to. He wanted to start a different series, and I really felt like this one was the one for us now. And um, but we'll move on from here. Our series name is Unmovable God. Unmovable God. I don't want you to put. I don't want you to put these notes on. A continuation of any other notes. I want you to start a whole new note thing, a whole new page, a whole new whatever you want to do. It give it a new title. Don't make it a continuation yet. Put these, put this series, put this series in its own, because you're going to need to lean on it as the days come. Unmovable God, and this is our goal. My goal during this sermon series is that if I can make sure you know about an unmovable God, you will become an unshakable people unshakable, unshakable. So we want to talk about an unmovable God, but the goal is it's, it's for me to become unshakable. No matter what's happening, no matter what it looks like, no matter what's said, no matter what's going on, I can be unmoved and unshaken no matter what's happening in my life. That is our goal. Amen? Well, in this world that we live in, there are a few questions that perhaps we should ask ourselves. And I think these questions are questions that I have been asking anyway, so maybe you have been asking them. In this world and everything that's going around it, everything is shaking. You don't know what what is. And from one day to the next, extreme things are happening around the globe. So I ask myself, who can I really trust? Who can I trust? Who can I trust? What can I put my trust in? What can I believe in? What can I hold as truth? You know, in, in this world, I want to know what can I depend on? What are my foundations? When nothing else is working, well, how, do, how do my feet touch the bottom of the pool? So I'm not treading water my entire life. I want to know what can I stand on? What's foundational? What's for real and what's not for real? I want to understand where do I find stability in my life? Where do I find it? Where do I find stability? Now, I'm an old church boy. And there are people in here today who may have come to the church for the first time. I don't know. But I'm an old church boy, and as I was growing up, I was, I was taught all the time that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he doesn't change. But can I be honest with you? I went through some stuff, and I don't know if God was there at all. I didn't see him. I didn't feel him. I didn't hear from him. I, there was nothing going on, and now they're over there yelling, he's still the same. I'm just saying, it don't always feel like he's the same. That's all I'm saying. I don't know about y'all, but I came to church and lied a lot of Sundays. I came and I lied. I lifted my hands and I told God I loved him. I wasn't in love that day. I didn't feel anything. And with everything else going wrong, it was like, what? can I really depend on? What's real? Because I thought you were real, you weren't real. And then finally I looked in the mirror and looked at myself and figured out I wasn't real either. That there was nothing real 
in my life. Nothing true, nothing stable, nothing unchanging, nothing unmovable. Everything that could be shaken was shaken, shaking around, moving around. The stuff that was supposed to not be able to be challenged was being challenged. So I want to talk to you about an unmovable God. Unmovable, unmovable, unmovable means that he is incapable of being moved. He doesn't have the ability to be moved. There is no intent in him to move. This word to be unmoved means not moved, not transferred from one place to the other, not changed in purpose, not it's unshaken, it is firm, not affected by anything going on around it, not having the passions excited nor touched by any impression. Something or someone that cannot be impressed upon by situations, by things. And I believe that God is the only thing in our life that is unmovable. You can't move him. Now, we're admonished to be unmovable. But we can't become unmovable unless we have a grip on the solid rock, which is called God through Jesus Christ. Am I making sense? I want to go to Isaiah 46 and 8. Isaiah 46 and 8, and we're going to read it from the Message Bible, just in case you have a device there, a multiple Bible, and you can, you can look through there and read it from the Message Bible. Say unmovable. unmovable. So Isaiah 46 and 8 says, think about this. Maybe you can just read it from the screen. Read it with me. Think about this. Wrap your minds around it. This is serious business, rebels. This is God talking. Take it to heart. He says, this is Serious business. Do what? Remember your history, your long and rich history. I am God, the only God you've had or I am Im- irreplaceable. This is God talking, man. I love it. From the very beginning. Here, now, this is what makes me God. He's getting ready to tell you what makes him God and not like anybody you know. This is him. So this is how you got to get settled in yourself. Because he says what? From the very beginning, telling you what the end is going to look like. That's what makes me God. That from the beginning, I can tell you how this is going to turn out. And if you'll listen to me about how it's going to turn out, you don't have to be freaking out in the middle of it. telling you what the end will be, what else? All along, letting you in on. Now, Martin, this is what's getting ready to happen. This is what's getting ready to happen in your life. This is what's getting ready to happen. This is what you're getting ready to go through. But over here, I've already fixed it. You're going to come through it and make it well. So while I'm going through it, why would I die there? Tell your neighbor, if you're going through hell, don't stop. If, you're, if, in, if in your business, in your marriage, in your life, if things are going south, just don't stop. You keep going because God is unchangeable, and he will bring you to that expected end. What is he do, he's doing? He's assuring you. I'm in this for the long haul. Read what he says. I'll do 
Everything I set out to do, I'm going to do it. This is what I'm going to do. I'm calling an eagle, Cyrus out of the east from a far country, a man who chooses to, he's going to help me. I'm going to get past this. I said it, I and I most certainly will. I have planned it. I've planned it. It's as good as done. Keep reading. Now listen to me. Read, I mean, read it to yourself like you're reading to yourself. I mean, read to yourself like you're really reading to yourself. Can you do that? Y'all know how to do that? Now, some, some people say, I don't like talking in church. It's okay. You don't have to talk. Nobody's going to bother you till the end of the service. We'll bother you. Okay. If you don't want to, you don't have to. But read it to yourself if you can. Listen to me. You're a hard-headed bunch. And you're hard to help. You are a hard-headed bunch, and you won't even let me help you. And I'm God. Don't be mad at people who won't let you help them, because they won't let God help them either. Mm-hmm. So listen to what he says. Let me tell you what's happening. I'm, I know the end and from the beginning, and I'll clue you in on it, but... I'm ready to help you. When is he ready to help you? When is he ready to help you? I am ready to clue you in. I am ready to help you right now. Deliverance is not a long-range plan. Now I'm going to have you bother your neighbor. Ask your neighbor, did you read that sugar lump? Listen, he says, he says, your deliverance, you don't have to wait on it. It's not a long term. You don't have your deliverance on layaway at Walmart. Do they still do layaway? It's not something that's in the future. I'm here. I'm ready right now. To help you. I want 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 to bring you out of that place where it's a joy now and a ritual and natural for you to be depressed. You're getting used to and comfortable with being upset. You're, 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 you're just becoming naturally acclimated to being offended. It's becoming your life to be sick. Listen, when you carrying, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that, but I'm doing it. When you make sure you got your purse with you because all your medicine is in it before you take a trip or go to the mall, we need to help you understand that God is here to help you out of those situations. I'm meddling, so I'll move on. He says, deliverance is not... Salvation isn't, well, I'm waiting until I get saved, so I change my life. Let me help you. Let me help you with this. Can I help you? The day you're able to clean it up and do nothing, you clean. you not doing nothing wrong. you still going to hell <laughs> if you don't receive Jesus. So I don't know why you're waiting to get clean. Don't wait. Just, just say, you know what? Take me just as I, just like this. 
Salvation isn't on hold. I'm putting salvation to work in Zion now and glory in. So this is why, this is why you should trust God. According to the scripture we just read. Number one, he's God. Elohim, which means the word there is Elohim, which means I was never created, but I'm the creator. I never existed, but I am. I am the everything that made everything. Everything you see, touch, or feel came out of me. I am Elohim. I am the creator of all things. I can never die because I'm not alive. I just am. I don't need anything because I am self-sustained in myself. Everything I need, I am. Oh, and if we get to the end of this month and I can teach you that you are too, I don't ever need anything. You can't take nothing from me. You can't do voodoo on me on social media. You can't divorce me and say you'll never have anybody. Your words don't count. <laughs> Ooh, Lord Jesus. Self-sustaining God. He's God. Number two, he's finished it already. There's a reason God can't change. Because he's already finished it. I speak from the beginning. And when I speak from the beginning, it is. I've created your life. So I can't change because it's already finished. It's already done. You may not see it, but it's already finished. Does that make sense? The third reason is God wants to be predictable. Does that make sense? You ever had anybody you really loved, but you loved them here because you didn't know what they were going to be tomorrow? You didn't know how they were going to respond to what the new thing going on in their life. You weren't sure. Or maybe you're that person. Maybe you're that person. I don't know who I'm going to be in the morning. That's why I don't pick out my clothes tonight. Because in the morning, I may not be feeling that at all. I might be a whole different kind of person tomorrow. No, I'm talking about you, not me. When you get people who are unpredictable, say with me, you can't trust that. I can't trust a God who changes every day. I can't trust him. Either he is or he isn't. That's why now I listened back in the day when I was a little boy going through stuff. Those old women sitting in the corner and those old men sitting in the other corner, when they would say God never changes, I'm like, this is not right. My mama's dead. My daddy is dead. We don't have food to eat. And now you're telling me God don't change. And they're saying he don't change. So I would just look at them. I would just look at them as an example. Then they would get up, and we don't do it here in this church, but one day we ought to. We ought to have what we used to call testimony service. Where some people could stand up and say, let me tell you, let me tell you what I've been through. Let me tell you what happened to me when I was your age. Look at me now, fat and happy, debt-free and living the way I'm living. It was those testimonies that helped us see. That's why you can't, you can't, you can't just hang out with just you and your people. You need to find some of the older people in the church and take them to lunch. They might want to go to Golden Corral. You'll be fine. Just go anyway. 
<laughs> Take them to the buffet and say, talk to me about your life. They will fill you up. When you think it's over, these people will tell you. Earl was talking to me before service. He said, Pastor Martin, God been good to you. Let me tell you a little bit about my life. And I'm like, they are up here singing. He's still talking to me. They give you something because they know God never changes. Whatever you're in, God can and he will bring you out of it. So whatever has happened to you, God can and he will bring you out of it. So he's predictable. I know where he is. Write it down. He's predictable. He's predictable. I know where he is today. I know where he's going to be tomorrow. I know where he was last year. I know where he's going to be the year after this. I know where he was when I was sick. I know where he was when I was hungry. He was right there the entire time. He was in my life. So whatever I was going through, I wasn't just going through it so God could beat me up. I was going through it so he could teach me. So in my old age, I could tell some people... God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Because right now, there is universal pressure to give up. Right now, there is universal pressure to quit. Right now, there is universal pressure. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. It's ever. I'm telling you, it's everywhere. It's in Christians, it's in Muslims, it's in Hindus, it's in humans, it's everywhere. But if I can get you to grab hold of the unshakable God in the middle of what you're going through, if I can get you to grab hold of the character of God, shout it, he never fails. Come on, y'all, sit down, sit down. Sit, sit, sit. He never fails. Never fails. Never fails. Oh, my. I mean, never. Never, not one time. He's never failed. He's never failed. I know sometimes it get loud up in here. I know it get loud up in here. I know you don't like all them loud noises. But there are some people in here today that will just stand up and say, he just never fails, Pastor. He just never fails. He never fails. When I fail, he never fails. When I'm done, when I'm finished, I have nothing. God never fails. He never fails. I can depend on him. I can lean on him. I can sleep in the bed with God. I can go through a storm with God. I can go through the enemy with God. Okay, so, okay, so sit down. Bless his name. Bless his name. Bless his name. Bless his name. Bless his name, AWC. God has made you some promises. He made you some promises. He showed you your end before your beginning. And now you're in the middle of hell and you don't know what to do. Stick with God. Trust him. Trust him. Trust him. Trust him. Go back to your apartment and trust him. Go back to your house and trust him. Go back to your job and trust him. Look at your children and grandchildren and trust him. You can trust him. You can trust him. Lord, I got just a couple more things I want to share with you, though. 
there are four things God won't move on. He's not going to move. He's not going to move. He's not going to move on who he is, his character. He's not moving. He's not moving on who he is. He's not moving on his desire, and that is what he wants. You're not going to change his mind on what he wants. He's made up his mind on what he wants. Number three, he's not going to move on appointment. He's not going to move on your assignment. He's not changing on what he appointed you to do. He's not changing on who he called. Mm-mm. No, he's not going to change it. He's not going to change it. You can run from it. You can do everything you want to. But if God has an appointment for you, you are not getting away from it. Tell your neighbor, give up. He's not going to move on his command. He's not going to move on what he told you. If he said it, he's going to do it. If he spoke something to you, if he told you to do something, if he told you what kind of life you were going to have, he's going to make that happen. If you don't give up. But if you give up, he has nothing to work with. Am I making sense? Let me give some scripture. I want this in your notes now. What doesn't he change? He doesn't change his character. Who I am. He says, I'm not changing. Isaiah 46.8. Isaiah 46.8, we just read to you. And in there he says, I am God. I don't change. I don't change. I'm not going to change for you. I'm not going to change for the situation you're in. And even if you're surrounded by the enemy, I'm still not going to change. If I said you're going to win, it doesn't matter if you're a million to one, a billion to one. If those are the matters, Jehoshaphat, if that's what's going on, then put your weapons away. It's not time for you to fight in this one. Just lift your hands and praise me. It's a better weapon. If I have finished it, if I have called you to something, it doesn't matter what the odds are. There are no odds. They're not two, they're not two gods. There is no God and no devil. They're not equal in power. You can't serve both masters. You got to pick one. Is God God or is the devil God? Serve one of them. At least we'll know what you're doing. Can't tell sometimes who people are serving. Jekyll and Hyde from the day to day. Settle this issue. I'm not a millennial. I'm an old guy. I'm 57, but I'm more like 65. I grew up around the old saints. <laughs> We're all real. I just grew up with the old ones. Steadfast. If God is God, he's God. If we're going to die in this line, then let's go up in there singing. That's what I was taught. I was taught it may not all work out. You're going to have to bow. We can't bow. Now, you're going to put us in the fire. We get it. God will deliver us. But if he don't, <laughs> if he don't deliver me, he's still God. That's what I was taught. I was taught he's God when I feel like he's God. He's God when I don't feel like he's God. He's God when I'm doing good. He's God when I'm going through. He's God when I'm healthy. He God when I'm sick. He God when I'm happy with my wife. He God when she hates me. 
He God all the time. He God if my wound is open. He God if my wound is closed. He God if I'm filing bankruptcy. He God if I'm a millionaire. He is God all the time. That's what I was taught. And now, and now people say, I'm just going to give up on God. I just laugh and walk away. I'm going to walk away from God. I'm going to walk away from church. It's funny how people think they can give up on God. How are you going to give up on the person holding you up? I mean, what does that mean? I tried him. You ain't tried nobody. He won't give up on his character. Number two, what won't he give up? His desire. He won't be moved from what he wants. He's not going to move. He's not going to move. Ephesians 1, 4, and 5 says, just as he has chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us, he'd already made a decision, to adoption as sons of Christ Jesus Christ to himself. What is his desire? His desire, according to scripture, is that you and I be reconciled to him. He made us one in Christ Jesus, bringing us to himself. That's what he wants. And God will chase you into the bar. God will chase you wherever he got to chase you. He will chase you to the ends of the earth to get you in relationship with him. You can run from him. You can go to hell and back. He's going to be there when you get there. Do y'all know God, God goes to brothels? He goes to bars? God goes to, God goes, God goes where people are shooting up. God is up in them places. God, God is up in there when you're cheating on your husband or your wife. God is, okay, God is there when you God is everywhere. He's there. He's there. He's there. And he's there for one reason. To protect you from death because you're stupid right now and to get you saved. Okay, 12 of y'all will stand up and say, you're right, Pastor. There was some stupid stuff. I'm just telling you, Pastor, it was some stupid stuff. When I think about it, come on, when I think about it now, I think to myself, how stupid could I have been? It don't make no sense. Caleb, get up on your feet. You did some stupid stuff too, Enoch. Get up on your feet. Y'all on my front row. Get up, David. You're on my front row. Get up, Eddie. Y'all on my front row. That's why y'all own my front row, to encourage me. Okay, y'all can sit down now. <laughs> so he wants you in his life. He wants you in his life. He wants to reconcile you. He wants to bring you back into relationship. That's what he wants. Number two, he wants Ephesians, the 22nd verse. This is what he wants. This is what he wants. He put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church. God wants you reconciled to the church. He wants you to be a part of his body. He wants you to be a part of his people. If this church fits you, if it's right for your family, be reconciled to the church. There are brilliant churches in our city, powerful, anointed people with vision. We just ask you, find one and be reconciled to the church. Be a part of what they're doing. Give your life there. Because 
He wants you to be a part of his church, his ecclesia. He wants it, and he's drawing you to it. The third thing is, the third thing is, he wants you to be reconciled to one another. This next verse, Ephesians 1 and 6, so important, rooted in community, right here. Rooted in community right here. Read it loud. To the praise by which he wants us to be reconciled to one another in love. He wants us to be a part of one another's lives. He wants us to hold one another up. He wants us in right relationships to hold one another accountable. He wants us to encourage one another. He wants us to defend one another. He wants us to believe for one another. He wants us to stand, stand in power with one another, becoming unified so that his power can move. That's what he wants. Does God not want me to be successful? Yes, but you become successful when you're part of a commonwealth. You can't do it on your own. You've got to be with other people. People are the key to your success. So you can't stay away from people and believe God's going to do something. Everything you need is found in people. Amen? So he doesn't move from his desire. What's the third thing he doesn't move from? Appointment. Appointment. That is what he's appointed you to be and do. He's not going to change. Let me slow down for a minute. I know you might want him to change. You might want him to change. You might be tired of trying to make what he told you happen. You may be frustrated. Now, when you get calls from people who live southeast, And uh, it is 15 below in Omaha. And they call you and say, we have opened this door for you here. There are opportunities here. And you don't let them finish their sentence and you say, but I'm called where I'm. If I uproot from where I'm at, I leave my assignment. Do you know something? Do you know, do, can, can I, maybe, you, do you know, I'm going to tell you what you might need to know. When you fight your assignment, you fight everything that comes with it. You fight your own health. You fight your wealth. You're fighting peace in your home. Because you haven't accepted your appointment. Once I accept my appointment, <laughs> I get everything that comes with it. And here's the thing, folks. You can't change it. You, you, you can't say, I don't want this. Well, let me give you some scripture. You want some? You sure? Go to Isaiah 42.5 in the Message Bible. 
Isaiah 42, 5. You, you, you can't change it. You, you, can't, uh, you can't decide you're going to do something else. You're asking for depression. You're asking for issues in your life. Here's God's message. The God who... I talk about cosmos in church and people are like, ooh, you're a new ager. No, cosmos simply means sun, stars, moon, rotating on their axis. That's all it means. Cosmos, everything, that's all it means. Don't get weird on me. The God who created the cosmos stretched out the skies, laid out the earth, and all that grows from it, who breathes life, makes them alive with his own Mm-mm-mm. I am God, and now I'm God who doesn't change, and what have I done? I've called you. That's it. Well, I don't want to live right, okay? Get ready to have your happy booty chased your whole life. You're not going to be happy nowhere doing nothing with nobody because God is after you. Surrender. And listen to what he says. I have taken responsibility for you. I am responsible for you if you accept my calling. I'm here to keep you safe. I have set you among my people to bind, to bind them to me and to provi provided you as a... God wants you to be a lighthouse in your neighborhood. He wants you to be a lighthouse where you work. He wants you to be a lighthouse in your business where everything you do, he wants everybody to see. When they see you, wow, there's a beacon in the darkness. There's a person who knows their way. There's someone there who's looking to God and believes in God. He wants you to be a lighthouse. to the Keep reading. To make a start at bringing people into the open, into the light opening blinded eyes, releasing prisoners from the dungeons, emptying the dark prisons. I am God. He says it again. That's my name, Elohim. I don't franchise my glory. Don't endorse the no God idols. <laughs> Take note, the earlier, the earlier predictions of judgment have been fulfilled. I'm announcing the new salvation work. Before it bursts on the scene, I'm telling you, this God again, I tell you before it comes. God has an assignment for you. He has a calling. He has an appointment for you. And you're going to have to fulfill it. And you will fulfill it. Tell your neighbor, you will fulfill it. You will fulfill it. It doesn't matter what's going on. You're going to fulfill it. I like this one. I like this one. First Peter, uh, first Peter, no, Acts 26, 16. Acts 26, 16. I like this one. I like this one. Acts 26, 16. Read it loud. Talking to Paul. But rise, stand on your feet. I have appeared to you for this purpose. Now, no, 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 hold on now. Hold on. 
Hold on. Hold on. Let me debunk everything you've heard about why you got saved. Can I do that for you? Okay. Don't be mad at me. Be mad at the person next to you. Let me debunk. They told you you got saved so you could go to heaven. So you could be right with God. Huh? That's what, that's what they told you. But that ain't why you got saved. Mm-hmm. You did not just get saved to be saved and be right with God. Getting saved and being right with God was well, a means to an end. And your end is a calling. Your end is a productivity in some part in the world. You will be productive. And you will be highly productive. I said, you will not only be productive, but you will be highly productive. You will not just be successful. You will be Highly successful. You will not just do well. You will do very well. Rise on your feet. For I have appeared to you. This is why you got saved. I appeared to you for this purpose. To do what? To make you a minister. I'm not calling all y'all a minister. (laughs) But I came to make you a minister and a witness, both to the things which you have seen and the things which... He's talking to Paul. Get up on your feet, Paul. I don't have anyone else. You can't tell me to go find someone. Okay, read the next verse. You can't. I know, I know you do it because I did it. Lord, there's got to be somebody you can call to do this, and I'll help them, Jesus. I'll help them. <laughs> I'll deliver you from the Jews, people, as well as from the Gentiles to whom now I send you. That, ladies and gentlemen, is assignment, and we all have one. Every person in this room has an assignment. And you might be running from it. You might, I'm not going to do that, Lord, because I don't like those people over there. You know I don't like them. I don't like getting along with them, but that's the place of your assignment. So just get ready for nothing else to work. (laughs) We ought to stop laying hands on people until we ask them a few questions. What are we praying about? Well, we're just praying that God will open the doors of my life, okay? Are you in the right place? Are you with the right people? Have you obeyed the Lord? Well, no. Well, why are we praying? We don't need prayer. We just need you to agree with what God told you. Well, I got a lot of sin in my life. Well, stop sinning. It's so simple. Talk to the children. Josh was walking down the hallway. I'll never forget it. Just a few weeks ago, walking down the hallway, he just preached, and a little girl—I think it was—I think it was, I think it was uh, uh, Lyrica or somebody. She's, she said, "Josh, how you doing?" And Josh said, "I'm tired." And Lyrica said to him, "Then just don't be tired." 
and skipped away. I mean, she, she like, well, that's your decision. Lord, give us that back. Okay. <laughs> okay. 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 Mm. I'm not going to do that. Number four. Number four. He won't move on his what? Command. Command. He didn't just call you and save you. For you to just be sitting here pretty, and you is, you is pretty. You're beautiful. And he didn't just call you to accept your calling. He called you to do what he said. Do you remember three, four, five, six, seven, I don't know, eight, nine years old, before the rest of us talked you out of your dream? Do you remember that? Us stupid people talk you out of it. But you used to dream all of the time with no limitation. You used to see the world as this wonderful place, and you just dream. You had thoughts of accomplishment, stuff you wanted to see, be a part of, do, experience, have. It took them months in my church to teach me out of wanting to be rich. As a little boy, I said, I'm, yeah, I'm going to be rich. I'm going to have a lot of money. I'm going to have a wife and a lot of kids. We all going to be rich. All of us, we're going to have a lot of money. And I would t that would be my testimony because I was too young to have a history. So I just talk about my future. Right, right. It took them a long time to talk me out of that. Everybody's not supposed to be rich. Everybody, you know, money don't grow on trees. You know what I learned one day? I'm, I'm, I'm a, you know what I learned one day? <laughs> I was told in church by one of our elders that money don't grow on trees. But I worked in landscaping. <laughs> I worked with plants. And I could cut down a tree and sell the wood. I went back to him. Now, I did get, you know, I got a whooping. But I went back to him. I said, you're right. Money don't grow on trees. The tree is the money. <laughs> but then I just had to wait till I was older. I just had to sit there and not say anything anymore. But you know how it is? Y'all know how it is? You, maybe you had a kid like this. They standing up. Stand up. You say, sit down. They won't sit down. Finally, they sit down. But what are they, th what are they thinking? <laughs> All the parents know. I'm sitting down on the outside, but I'm standing up. <laughs> well, are you rich yet? Not yet. But I will be. I'm going to be rich everywhere. Inside, out, all around. They can't look at me now, Lenny. They look because they're like, he brought up money. Lord, rich. Rich, let me help you get over it. Yes, you are supposed to be. You're supposed to be able to go where you need to go, 
do what you need to do for whomever you need to do it for or with for as long as you need to do it. That's the will of God. I'll move on. That's all right. It's okay. I'll finish up. Exodus 4.11. God said to Moses, let's finish right here. God said to Moses, I want you to go free my people. This is your appointment. This is your assignment. I want you to go. Moses is like, I can't talk. I'm not real powerful. What am I going to tell Pharaoh? Finally, Moses says this. Watch this now. God says this. And who do you think made the human mouth? God's, God's, God's upset now because you have given him too many excuses. So you're not going to use the mouth I gave you, eh? Oh, you're, and you decided that on your own. You decided that Gertrude and Bobby Ray Nim that talk about you can deter you from doing what I told you to do. Friends are more important to you than me, God. Okay. Really? Your wife can tell you not to preach and you ain't going to preach, huh? She just became God to you for real? Bruh, you need to check that woman out before you marry her. It's the death of you to marry someone that's not saved. Unsaved people don't believe in healing. Jesus. So who made your mouth? Who makes some mute, deaf, sighted, blind? Is it I, God? So get going. <laughs> you got a choice here. It's implicit. It's implicit. Get going. I, I, I'll be right there with you. I will be with your mouth that you say you, you can't talk. I'll talk for you. I'll be right there to teach you what to say. I appointed you. I'm going to go with you. Next verse. And he said, oh, master, here we go. I mean, read it, read it loud, read it real loud, read it loud. He said what? Oh, master, please. Oh, my God. You getting ready to get slapped now. Because you want somebody else to be the quarterback for the team. You want somebody else to lead the thing. You want somebody else to do this thing for God. You want someone else to start the business. You want someone else to go to school and get that degree. You want someone else to do it. You don't feel like you can do it. Now you told God, please send someone else. If you ever want God mad at you, say that. Read the next words. God got angry at Moses. God was expressing himself through everything else. I can't talk. Oh, I'll send Aaron with you. 
I don't have any power. Here's a stick. But when he said, send somebody else, God was pissed off. God said, oh, now I'm mad. Now I'm mad. You won't even accept the assignment. And God says, don't you have a brother, Aaron, a Levite? He's good with words. He's good at the stuff you don't. He's, he's telling Moses, look, this is my last time to talk to you. I'm really upset with you because you won't accept the calling. I know he is. He speaks very well. In fact, at this very moment, I'm sending him to you now. I've already released him from what he's called to do, and I'm sending him to you to help you. God won't change his character. God will not change his what? He won't change. He's not going to change, Jonah. You're swallowed up in a well now. And you're trying to figure out, why am I in this well, this dark place with seaweed, wrap, seaweed wrapped around my neck? Why am I in this lonely place? Why am I here? Because you don't understand that the well that swallowed you did not swallow you to kill you. That well is taking you where your feet wouldn't go. And now you're in the, because you got on a ship to go to Tarshish, which is the opposite direction of Nineveh. And the sea was taking the ship. And you, come on, say it with me. I, it's my fault. They're like, what's going on? We've, we've, we've sailed this route a million times. What's happening? Jonah said, it's me. I was supposed to go to Nineveh. They said, we throwing you off of here. We want no relationship with those who are running from God. Now you're in a well sailing. Can you imagine a guy? You're down at the beach and a whale comes up and vomits a guy out of his belly. Vomit, everything, fish, guts, everything on him. And he comes out saying, repent. <laughs> I would repent. He won't change. He's not going to move. He's not going to move if your children are going nuts. He's not going to disqualify you because of where you've been or where you are. He's not going to walk away because of something that happened. If you got to go into the fire, go with confidence. Because he always enters the fire with those who goes. 
If you feel like your life is throwing you to the lions, understand that eventually you'll sleep on their bellies. Because your God is never moved.